When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 55 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with Rapid City Rush goalie Adam Carlson. Adam isn't only an ECHL goalie, he's also a goalie coach with Devonair Goaltending here in the Twin Cities and helped me get the custom graphic I wanted on my new Vaughn V9s. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Adam. So, Adam, hey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'm glad to uh, connect with you and talk some goaltending and, you know, coaching with uh, S. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, where I like to start with most people is, you know, ask, how how did you get started in this great game of hockey? No, shoot. I got addicted (laughs) when I was just like a kid. Like, I was super competitive as a kid. I just got... I watched my older cousin, Brett, who I just idolized, um, playing. I think he was in squirts or mites or something. I watched him play, and I just wanted to do everything that he did. And so as soon as I saw him on skates, I I wanted to do the same thing, and the rest is history. (laughs) So why why did you choose goalie, though? You know, (laughs) I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Um. Just, I think it was the gear, honestly, like right off the bat, just like they were just different, like a goalie stood out, right? And they were doing mm-hmm. weird stuff and they kind of always had that like goofy mentality, which is just basically who I am, um, just a goofball all around and stopping pucks. For whatever reason, um, I liked getting hit with hard, hard objects. <laughs> I was a catcher <laughs> in baseball and a goalie in hockey. It just, it just suited me. You know, I, I think that's a common story with a lot of goalies that a lot of us were catchers in baseball as well. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I was too. It's just something about, you know, getting all that gear on and having things hit you. 100%. Yeah. Who <laughs> I still can't figure it out. They, they got to do a test on all of us to find out what the hell's wrong with us. Yeah. As I've said before, my, my dad mentioned to me on more than one occasion, he goes, couldn't you have continued playing soccer? I would have bought you a brand new cleats every year. Top of the line. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, 
my my parents had me in soccer when I was young in like the the house league games and I think the first game I played in I scored like six goals yeah my parents were like sleeping on in lawn chairs and they were like we can't we can't do this sorry (laughs) yeah you're you're done (laughs) yeah I, I I played you know in kindergarten and preschool and even back then I remember wanting to be the kid you know standing between the flags playing goalie and I think mom and dad back then thought I was just being lazy, but you know, fast forward all these years and it's like, Nope, right. It's, it's where I was meant to be. It wasn't cause exactly. I wasn't cause I didn't want to run. It was just, I, I, I wanted to be the odd be one be, out there. Yeah. Be you between know. the iron. <laughs> I, I had an old neighbor. He, he asked his son if he wanted to play baseball and he goes, no, there's a lot of running in that. I'll just play soccer instead. And he's like looking at this kid like, do you know what soccer is? Do you know what's entailed? <laughs> and you ever want, like, just go play first base, dude. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he just looked at me. He's like, um, are you sure? Like, there's a lot of running in soccer. He was the same kid that his dad asked him uh, if he wanted to be an engineer when he grew up. And he was in like middle school, freshman year at this time. He goes, I don't want to drive trains for a living. He's like, no, engineers are like, you know, they do other stuff too, bud. Yeah. They, they design (laughs) the world. (laughs) Actually. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Good, good kid. He's actually pretty bright. Just uh, not too sharp on certain things. (laughs) So we're, we're all slow sometimes. You start playing hockey you wind up in goal, you know, take us through that journey of yours, you know, because as a good Minnesota kid, you played high school hockey and, you know, and beyond, you know, take us through that journey a little bit. Well, uh, I actually never got an opportunity to play high school hockey, but I'll I'll get to that. Um, Let's see. It started at a young age, like second grade, we're in second year mites. It's the year that goalies like get a, get a play or kids get a play goalie and mm-hmm. I'd say 90% of the time my parents were coming home with me and two hockey bags because I wanted to be the goalie for the next game so I had to bring my player gear home and the goalie gear um, so then it got to a point in like third year squirts or sorry third year mites that uh, the bag just stayed with me <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was in charge of the goalie gear my third year mites and if anybody else wanted to play goalie, they had to contact me to get the gear. <laughs> and I'd play with the gear in my basement, whatever, with my good buddy, who um, we still keep in touch with today. His, his name is Bernard DeHogue. He just lives up the street or lived up the street uh, when I was growing up. And we just play in this all the time. He just ripped pucks on me and I'd just sit in that. Um, and so it started there. And then uh, by the end of third year mites, I was on the AAA Blades not knowing how cool it was to be on the blades at that age. I was just like there, you know, I was just like, Oh, playing hockey more. Had no idea what the blades meant Mm -hmm. until I got older and kept on playing, made the squirt 18, my, uh, my first year squirts. And I was like, Oh, I must be pretty good at this. (laughs) And then (laughs) squirt a again. And then peewees. Um, I didn't, I didn't have much goalie training. I mean, we had Steve Carroll's goalie school, Um, but that was just like once a year at the start of the season. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, not much goalie train after that, just because during the summers I wanted to play baseball. Right. Um, so baseball was my true passion and I still love it. I might even love it even more than hockey to this day. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to play 
play baseball. So that took precedent. And then first year Pee Wee uh, made uh, Pee Wee B1, then B1 again. We had some good teams, didn't do anything really special, didn't really win a state tournament, like a couple cool, like Edina Invitational tournaments, but nothing crazy. Um, then just kind of focused my life on baseball for as long as I can remember at that age. And then come Bantam, made Bantam B2, then Bantam B1 the following year. And then um, coming into high school, tried out for JV, did make the cut my freshman year, or sorry, sophomore year. I ended up playing junior gold B. And I was like, all right, well, now I really only care about baseball. <laughs> like junior gold B is just it's it's not horrible hockey, but it's not good hockey. Right. It's a lot means. of fighting. Um, but I mean, a lot of fighting, a lot of a lot of rough, but like you know, just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of set out the following year. I didn't even try out my junior year because um, I was just like, screw it. Like I made junior goal B. I'm not going to make JV or varsity like any diner. There's no way. And then. And my goal was set on making Junior Gold A and then made Junior Gold A and then started working at uh, General Sports um, in Edina, Minnesota um, at the like middle part of my junior year of high school. And then through that, I was able to meet um, a guy by the name of Ryan S., as you know well. Um, with Devin, your goaltenders. I try and, not to promote that I know him, but yes, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, our relationship started um, with uh, with Brian and Matt Haplow over at General Sports, and we uh, just clicked. Everything started going great, and um, our goal was for me to make Edina Varsity my senior year. Um, ended up making unbelievable strides in just one year of having a goalie coach mm-hmm. and ended up being the last guy cut my senior year for Edina Varsity. And then Kurt Giles looked me straight in the eye and he was like, dude, like you need to keep playing hockey. Like you got way too, way too good and way too short of a time for you to like stop now. Mm-hmm. And I took that to heart. I really did. Um, and a lot of kids just said, screw it, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I took it to heart and really cared about my senior year season at, uh, for Junior Gold A. And we ended up winning the state tournament by an absolute landslide. Um, you know, my buddy, Tori Dahlbeck, who we worked together at uh, General with, he was my goalie partner that year. And it was, it was, comical how good we were as a tandem plus our team we ended up outscoring our opponents in the state tourney like 18 to 2 it was it was comical we actually I guess we're all old enough now we're all in our late 20s but we had bottles of champagne in our bags like ready to go for the state championship so once uh, once we won our buddy, Brett Sorum, who lives the coolest life in the world right now, um, he popped open his bag and popped open a bottle of champagne. Coaches came, came in yelling at us, like, what are you doing? Your parents are out here. You're like, we don't care. Like, we're having a time. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun and it really made me fall in love with hockey. And I was kind of on the fence between hockey and baseball and like what I wanted to do if I wanted to go to school and try to play like D3 crappy baseball or, you know, chase the junior hockey dream. 
and uh, decided to chase the junior hockey dream. Um, kept working at General Sports. I still work there to this day. Um, but started the, the junior hockey trend, and it kind of it just took off like big time. Um, mm-hmm. Played started off my junior career with the North Iowa Bulls in the NA three. Um, <laughs> It was, a, it was a tough league, especially at that time in the early 2010s, if we want to. Is that, is that how we refer to that time time period? 2010s? I, I think so. It, yeah, I, I think so. Um, so in the early 10s, um, started doing that um, and playing the junior hockey role. And, you know, it was the first time in my life where it was like, all right, like you're on your own and you're. Mm-hmm. not not that you're on your own for like your school assignments and you know getting to class on time and feeding yourself like you're on your own in the sense that you are like running your own business as yourself and you have to go basically battle with the coaches and other players every day to stay in there um and I wasn't I wasn't like in my fit when I was in North Iowa so you know, still one of the hardest things to this day um, in my life was like walking up to coach Todd Sandman, who was a really well-respected NA3 coach and just being like, dude, trade me, (laughs) get me out of here. Trade Um, me right effing now. Yeah. Trade me. Hang up the phone. (laughs) I got to get one of those stickers from you. Those things are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah, basically gave it one of those and he actually put me right where I wanted to be in um, uh, Steel County, Minnesota, which is in Owatonna. I played for the Steel County Blades in their inaugural season and like we didn't crush it. I think we made it to the second round of playoffs um, and then we got swept in the second round of playoffs and then the following year. And that that was part of the mnjhl that's yeah. junior b right i think i don't even know where it would fall in yeah because <laughs> when when s and i were at st mary's i was a four-year jv all-star and yeah. not every Mayak team had a jv team so we would get round out of our schedule with mnjhl teams almost really? as a recruiting purpose so yeah we, we played the ice hawks the kodiaks you know some of those yep. teams are defunct now and got, yeah I got a wicked concussion when we were playing the ice Hawks. Cause one of the guys ran me after I played the puck. Yeah. <laughs> you standard. Know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, there was one game, the other goalie were standing, you know, side by side on our own benches and they're trying to start fights. And the one kid looks at him and goes, do you guys not fight? Cause you're a Catholic school. I looked at him and said, no, we don't fight because we're wearing cages. It doesn't yeah, make sense. He's like, we're oh, in college. It's like, I suppose that makes sense. It's like, yeah, I don't think that the coaches are going to be looking at you for a recruitment. You don't have the uh, smarts to get in here, bud. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, come on, wake up, kid. You're playing yeah. a college team. You can't fight. Yeah. That's um, a big reason why those kids get stuck down there sometimes. Is yeah. You know, so, so you're playing down there, but but then you make the jump back up to the NHL after that. Yep. And then, uh, so actually one of the guys who was coaching – for the Twin Cities Northern Lights, the team that knocked us out of playoffs. Um, his name is Lincoln Wynn, and I'm still very good friends with them to this day. I actually just texted him the other day. Um, I'm back in Minnesota now. I honestly, like, he's one of the guys that um, if ever I'm back at home, like, he gets a text. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's go grab a beer. Let's go play around, whatever. 
So he ended up getting the assistant coaching job in Cooley and it was the last camp um last like tryout camp in the summer that i attended like i went to a whole bunch of these ones and they were like yeah we're gonna draft you like whatever like you'll be at main camp and i'm like all right well no tender wasn't offered anything so i just kept on going to these camps because i'm not i'm not gonna wait on the word of somebody else like i'm gonna go make a team and the whole so, time you're still working with devon air you know exactly. with camps yeah yeah so it was going through that working with Ryan at this point now, like helping run his camps, um, plus training, plus working at general sports. And at this point, I was going to school full time as well at Normandale Community College because my grades in uh, high school were just <laughs> we don't even, we don't need to talk about it. But um, <laughs> I ended up ended up getting like a five GPA and making the dean's list my first semester of college which was comical because I was a horrible student no it was at Normandale so take it for, for what it's worth but uh it, it helped my recruiting ability a lot um when I was able to tell coaches that but made uh made Cooley's team because of my connection with Lincoln um he got me the last slot into the camp and then I just had an unbelievable tryout camp went to main camp and out of main camp, I was competing for the starting spot with uh, Blake Cates, who was a kid out of Stillwater. Um, he was really highly touted, actually, in uh, in youth hockey. And he was he was a solid goaltender. He doesn't play anymore. He actually quit after that year. Um, but we were battling out for the starting position all year. And I can remember after my very first game in the NA Showcase. Um, my, my whole goal was to play D3 hockey for like mm-hmm. Casillas and that's all I wanted to do I would have been happy with that but then after the first game of the showcase Lincoln came downstairs it was like dude uh, um, Providence is interested and wants to know how interested you are in their school and I think they had just won the national championship that year and I was like wait like Providence probably like division one and he's like yeah, yeah they, they really like the game and, and it was at that point that I was like holy shit like you can play D1 hockey <laughs> like, <laughs> it's what they, like you can you can do it um then ended up like going back and forth with Kate's um the entire season um and luckily for me, the following year, he decided to quit. We were both 94s, I believe, and he just hung him up. And it was going to be him and I fighting for the starting role for our overage years of juniors. Mm-hmm. And he just decided to hang him up out of the blue. Um, and then that opened up a huge spot for me. And I ended up, I think, playing – 52 games that season with like a 9-2-2 save percentage. I was talking to every single team you could even imagine for D1. And then um, a guy by the name of Greg Gardner, who was another dear friend of mine, who was my assistant coach in college, kind of hit me up and was treating me like a human and like almost almost like a father figure, like a mentor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah somebody that made that true connection you know that wasn't calling to like bullshit like how good their school was and all this kind of stuff and like he just he was a really good human about it and 
I was really attracted to it. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then offered to bring me on a visit. And I'm telling you, I was talking to University of Michigan, UMass Amherst, uh, UMass Lowell, University of Minnesota, UND. So all these schools are, are calling and all this BU, DU, you fucking name it. Sorry, sorry pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, it's a hockey it, podcast. It, it happens. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I call my mom, like, hey, we're going, I'm going on this visit. I'm going to Mercyhurst. And she's like, you're going to waste one of your visits on that? I was like, yeah, I am. I, I like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like something about it. I went on my visit. Um, I got uh, I got snuck into the bars and we had a great time. We ended up getting there on a Sunday night and I think the team had a really good weekend. And I just loved like how close the team was. And I think you can mm-hmm. find that in almost any college locker room um, now that I look back at it. But I... I just loved it. I fell in love with the group that was there. Um, the gym was on campus. The rink was on campus. It was a hundred yard walk from my freshman dorm to the rink. Like it was small classroom sizes, just kind of everything I was looking for mm-hmm. and came home from, they offered me a scholarship and I came home from that. And I was like, mom, dad, I'm, I'm going to commit to Mercyhurst. <laughs> my mom and dad were like, what do you like? What are you thinking? Like, are you sure? And I was like, I got a great chance to play my freshman year, and they want me. And my dad said, has always said, or sorry, um, my yeah, my dad always said like you need to go to where you're most wanted, and no matter what, if you're good enough, they will find you. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, like yeah. So I took that to heart, and then I went back and I used it right back to him when. <laughs> When they were telling me like, hey, you don't, like, you don't need to commit here. You got all these other teams. And I was like, no, 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 Dad, remember what you said. And ended up committing there. Um, battled it out with the starting. Uh, the fre- there was a freshman there when I committed. His name was Brandon Wildung. So I came in his sophomore year, and he had played like 28 games the year before and stolen the starting spot as a freshman. So I came in, and him and I were battling back and forth. Ended up playing 18 games, having a great season. And honestly, it was after my first game, I got a call from Will Nickel, um, who is now, um, I believe he's the head of player development with the Golden Knights. Um, But he was a scout with the Washington Capitals. And after my first game, he called me and said, hey, we're inviting you to Capitals Development Camp. I was just like, all right, this is, bullshit (laughs) this this, this guy this guy's lying he's this isn't this isn't the real deal like Mm -hmm. i don't know and then i thought it was my captain's you know just pulling my leg and just trying to give me some shit and then um ended up looking him up and it was legit like this guy was a legitimate scout for the washington capitals um then push came to shove they ended up being at like if they weren't watching my game in person, they were streaming it and texting me immediately after the game for the whole season. And then during playoffs, we had two playoff games at home. I played in the first game. We lost like two to one. I played really well. Um, but Mitch Korn, goalie coach now for the New York Islanders, was the goalie coach for the Washington Capitals, was at the game with 
um, Will Nickel. And <laughs> they took me out to dinner and I had a conversation with Mitch Korn and um, Will Nickel kind of took my parents to the side. My parents had to pay for the meal just because I was in college. You know, that stupid rule yep. that doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Um, and Will Nickel basically told my parents while well, Mitch and I were geeking out about Dominic Koshik and just Stanley Cup runs and all the guys that he's coached in the past, you know, Koshik was my idol growing up. As, yeah. as I'm sure it was yours. Um, so you've like, seen my game a little bit to, to tell yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, it was just cool geeking out with him. I wasn't even thinking about like this recruiting process. I was just kind of enjoying and living in the moment. And Will Nichols sitting there having a conversation, dinner ends, like, you know, nice to meet you. And apparently I had passed all these tests that they were looking for. And I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I get in the car with my mom and dad and my mom looks at me and she goes, you got to be fucking kidding me, Adam. Do you know what's going on? I was like, <laughs> no, not a clue. I'm totally close. She goes, you are about to be offered an NHL contract. And like, I can just remember like goosebumps. I still get them whenever I tell the story. And I'm just like, are you, are you kidding me? Like what? And she's like, they want you in Hershey as soon as next week. And I was just like, what? Like, what, what does that even mean? And I can remember S telling me like before I left for, for school, him being like, dude, like you put in a lot of hard work, but the hard work is just beginning. Mm-hmm. Like these next four years are going to be a grind. Yeah. And I can remember calling us and just laughing and being like, man, that wasn't too bad. (laughs) It only took me a year and I got this. (laughs) But uh, yeah, ended up reporting to Hershey no less than a week later and left all my stuff at school. um, Drove down to Hershey with, you know, a suitcase, two suitcases, my goalie gear and um, a 2002 Chevrolet Suburban that was on its last leg of life and uh, showed up there and no less than a year after committing to play division one, I was standing in a locker room with, for the Hershey bears and my goalie partners were uh, Dan Ellis and Justin Peters. Just like like whirlwind. And I mean, I grew up a household name in Minnesota here. I grew up watching, Aaron Ness go through high school and then, you know, becoming a captain with the Gophers and then going on and playing and still playing and having a great pro career. Um, I work out with him in the summers. Like we're, we're buddies. I would, I would call us good friends. We don't know each other, that well, but uh, we see each other all the time in the summers train. And I remember just like walking in the locker room, like, Oh my God, there's Aaron Ness right in front of me. Like this is, this is insane. Yep. And then you got guys in there uh, like Chris Bork, who's Ray Bork's son. Chris and Ryan Bork were on that team as well. And next thing you know, um, we're in the Calder Cup finals and I'm just sitting there as a black ace, just like this is, this is insane. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the pro career started. And it's kind of been nothing but a battle ever since then. Well, and that, that next year, you know, when you look at your hockey DB, you were on the move quite a bit, you know, you were in Hershey, you were in South Carolina, you were in Indy, you know, you were all over the place. And um, I used to coach with the guy who actually got his ECHL start in South Carolina playing for the Stingrays too, during the lockout year. 
yeah. it, but he similar season where he moved around a bit and you know for him that was enough he, he said okay yeah. I'm done how how was it going through that season you know kind of being moved around a little bit were there thoughts of hanging him up well so my first season so the the year I just talked about was my ATO year so I played I didn't play any games after I left school so mm-hmm. right when I left school signed an ATO went to Hershey that's when Dan Ellis and Justin Peters were there and I was just a black ace. So I was with the team practicing, doing all that. The following year was my first year pro. And that's when I was with the Stingrays. Spent the whole year there. And we made it to the Kelly Cup finals with that squad. That was a riot. But then the following year after that, um, started the year in Hershey. Yep. And then I went down to South Carolina. Um, I was young. I was dumb. And I didn't have the best relationship with my coach. Um, and so I asked for a reassignment, got a reassignment, went to Indy. You know, I was in, I was in hell when I was in South Carolina, um, was not in a good mental place. Then I went to Indy, not in a good mental place again, ended up playing in one game in Indy. And I think I gave up six goals in two periods. And then I was, losing starts to a kid who was called up from the SP. And I was just like, you know what, this is, this is not for me. (laughs) I'm done with this. Like, whatever. Like I should be in school right now, like enjoying time with the guys, all this kind of stuff. And then my, my agent called me. He's like, Hey, like we got a potential situation for you in Kansas city. And they want you there for three games. Um, and then you'll probably end up going to South Carolina after that and ending the season there because they're affiliated with Washington and that's where you go. I was like, all right, fine. Like I got to give it a shot. Like I got to keep going. I can't just quit. I can't hang them up like this. Yeah. And so I ended up showing up in Kansas city and my first game in Kansas city, we played the Florida Everblades and we ended up losing I think it was three to two and the game winning goal they scored on me was a ice puck on a power play for us. They sent it down from all the way, like far left corner of the ice. And I went out to play it and the puck came in sauced at an angle and it came and it landed flat, like on that edge. Yeah. Right on the bottom of the right circle. So I, skated over there to like play it it hits on an angle and it ends up bouncing and going far posting in game winner oh once again losing starts the next weekend to a call up from the sp and then i basically just hit fuck it you know what i mean i was like go out there and stop the puck like dominic hashikit like let just just go like just do it Ended up going on like a nine game tear the next time I got the start. And then um, Mason McDonald, who was a draft pick by Calgary and on an NHL deal at the time. And then Tyler Parsons, who is, I think, still in Stockton right now. Um, I think he was a first rounder, but he got sent down too. So we had three NHL contracted guys, including myself, and two of them were affiliated and I wasn't. And I ended up like taking the, taking the net. And then 
I ended up getting called up for the last, I think, six games of the regular season with Hershey. Um, and then the season that we didn't make playoffs. But, like, that was that was a grind of a year. I mean, it had the highest of highs at the start mm-hmm. of the year, starting in the American League. Getting Hershey their first win in their 80th season against the Grand Rapids Griffins, who were defending Calder Cup champions the following – or the – the year before and then you know playing on four different teams to finishing that season <laughs> with the bears like that that sucked and then i ended up having you know one of the biggest wake-up calls ever for me and that was not getting an american league deal or an nhl deal the following season and going on and playing for the rapid city rush um i went from making a lot of money to making $850 a week in the ECHL mm-hmm. and had a great year there. We had not the greatest team um, when I played there. Um, I like to call ourselves the bad news bears. We were just a bunch of hacks <laughs> and we found a way to win games left and right. And then I was able to get a call up to Milwaukee um three different times throughout that year and their head coach down there Carl pulled me aside when I first got there and straight up said Carly there's everyone's talking about the change in your game this year and I think it's because you really got to work for it and then he said there's three things that we always look for in goaltenders here and that's that you're poor you're hungry and you're driven and he, I was, I basically kind of looked at him and laughed, and I was like, "So you're saying I'm down to my luck and I'm working my way out of the grave?" He's like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of, and that's the same mentality that I had when I got cut from varsity, right? So mm-hmm. like, I learned that at a young age, and to be able to have that happen, you know, once I hit pro, that helped me a lot. Um, was going through that bullshit at a young age, and then because this game, I mean, it's hockey does not care hockey never has and never will and if you try to cheat the game in any way shape or form or think that like something's expected and you don't work for it you're not going to get it especially once you hit the pro level so I learned that that year and it was one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned in my young life so far so you've spent most of your career in the ECHL, and I think when people think about the ECHL, they think of those blue goalposts. What the heck is with those blue goalposts? Geico, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're not saving you 15%. No, they don't save me anything. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. It's it's we have the sponsorship with Geico on that, but you know what's funny is I've never seen a, like a Geico sponsorship like i've never seen like a like a geico commercial in the rink like when i've been a scratch you know what i mean mm-hmm. i've never seen a geico like a dasher sponsorship you know what i mean but like it's just our post so i don't <laughs> i don't know where it come from where it comes from or like what it's doing but it's been there my entire career and yeah. I, I couldn't figure it out so once you find out please <laughs> share the love so you know I- the ECHL, I think sometimes people have preconceived notions of, you know, the hockey there, but what do you, what do you think surprises people the most or would surprise them the most about the ECHL and the hockey there? 
um, the skill level and where people came from. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to what, what I just said, hockey doesn't care. Um, it truly doesn't, especially once you get to the ECHL level. Because our contracts in the coast are done on a week-to-week basis. So if you're not performing, you're not you're not guaranteed like the season one way contract. You're not guaranteed a season long contract of pay like you are in the American League. If you're on a one way American League deal or a two way, you're guaranteed X amount of dollars in the coast and X amount of dollars in the American League. If you're on a one way American League deal, well, you're guaranteed that let's call it eighty grand a year if you're in the coast or in the American League. And same thing with an NHL deal. Yep. Um, in the coast, you don't have that. So there's no job security at all. If you're not producing, like you're as good as cut. So like guys are fighting for jobs constantly. Every game. Every game, every shift. Like there's some guys who if you're – here's another crazy thing. There's only three lines. There's 60 and 10 forwards. There's nine, nine four, three lines and one extra forward. And if you're the 10th forward, like you might only see three shifts in a game. So yeah, it could be one shift that makes or breaks your season. And mm-hmm. that's money. Um, the crazy thing about the coast too, is like where people come from. And even in the American league too. And like sometimes in the NHL, like just take a look at where these guys come from, because I know so many guys who come out of the division one and they can't play the ECHL game. They mm-hmm. can't because they're expected like this. And it's like, well, they get all whiny and bitchy. And, you know, it's just like, well, they didn't, play, yeah, they didn't play enough pond hockey to uh, know how to play a broken play. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what happens all the time in the coast, especially because there's only three lines. And so um, we got we got a bunch of young guys here in Rapid. And, you know, every, like all the young guys talk about, oh, this guy did this in college, this, 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 like he's going to be good in pro. And I remember telling one of the guys just this last week, I was like, I really don't care what you did last year or what he did last year. What's yeah. he doing? What's he doing today? Yeah. Like, what's he doing to produce today? There's a kid. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Sports Fantasy Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, you must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Um, his name is Tyson Empey, and I like I get goosebumps talking about him. He played um, last year was his rookie season in the ECHL, and he's a good, skillful player. Came out of D three. He's tough as nails. He'll fight all the heavies, and he and he can play. And this kid just got the opportunity to um, show up to Tucson's camp in the American League this year. And hockey doesn't care, right? A couple guys right. in NHL deals end up going down and getting hurt. All of a sudden, this kid gets into a fight in a preseason game, and then he looks good. He doesn't screw up any plays, and he's playing well. Well, he just signed a PTO, a 25-game PTO, with Tucson because he's lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and this, and we had, we had eight other guys who all played division one. Some of them with a couple years pro, some of them with American league experience that he beat out and he came from D three. Well, and, you know, you know I mean? having played in, you know, D three, well, been a part of a program anyway, <laughs> D three, compared to even when Ryan and I were there, has come a long way. It's, I mean, it oh, was yeah. great hockey when we were there, and at least the Mayak, anyway, yeah, is phenomenal hockey, you know, where I think there's some nights some of those D3 teams could give some D1 teams a run for their money. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. But it's just, like, the coast gets such a bad rap because, you know, the crazy thing is, is there's there's – three to four guys in every single lineup that I could argue could play in the NHL or have mm-hmm. the skill level to play in the NHL. They're just missing one, one thing, two thing, whatever it is. Yep. You know what I mean? They're just missing that one or two things. And one of those two things could straight up just be opportunity. Yeah. And they've just never been given that opportunity. Yep. You know, so there's still a ton of skill and honestly, I think the coast is one of the hardest leagues to play in in pro because the money's tough. You got to earn your spot on a daily basis. You got to be mentally tough. You got to be mentally tough. We don't get the best medical attention and, and it's just the nature of the beast. Cause there's not as much money, right? Like, I mean, even in the American league, you're getting laser treatment done on your knee and it doesn't matter how hard your trainer in the coast is working it doesn't compare to the money that is spent on just mm-hmm. player rehab in the American league. And then you go to the NHL and it's like, Oh man, <laughs> you get whatever you want. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're giving you pills that you've never even not pills, but they're giving <laughs> you supplements that you've never even heard of to help build collagen, like in certain areas or help with, you know, healing of your meniscus after surgery, like, <laughs> then you get all this crazy stuff that you don't get down on the coast. Right. So, it, it, it's like you, having a Cadillac insurance plan versus having Minsure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Minsure is what you're on if you're playing in the coast. Yeah. <laughs> and you're above the age of 26. <laughs> you know, so throughout all this, I mean, you mentioned meeting up with Ryan back when you were, you know, first starting at general sports and getting into coaching. How much do you think coaching has helped you, you know, being a goalie coach uh, has helped you along the way in that mental toughness of understanding, you know, some of the process behind it. 
Well, I, I think it's just that it's truly understanding the process. Like there's so many times where a goalie comes to you as a goalie coach and I've seen it a lot in the last decade. Um, and you're like, Oh my God, this is going to be the longest session <laughs> of my life. Like this kid can't even, this kid can't even butterfly slide. He can't stop. He doesn't know how, what he's doing. And then all of a sudden he shows up at two or three of your camps in the summer and you look at goalie in July versus goalie at the end of September. Mm-hmm. And it's a different person. Yeah. And one that's really awesome as a coach, like that's, that's what you live for. That's yeah. the coolest thing ever. And two, it just goes to show, like if you focus as an adult, like that's a little kid who's maybe hardly focusing on one of the details that you're telling him on a daily basis. Yep. And he's getting that much better because he's focusing on that one little thing that you're telling him when you're on the ice with him. And yeah. he gets that much better in that short period of time. Now, as a pro, if I focus on all of those little things every single day, well, guess what? Like my, my range for getting better just doubled. Yep. So I I've been telling Ryan for a few years now that he needs to have a beer league goalie camp in the summertime <laughs> because there's a lot of guys who pick, you know, for whatever reason, they, they pick up the position in the beer leagues and they've never had formal training and like what it would do to their game to have a weekend camp to just learn that or somebody like me who just needs some practice. (laughs) I think, I think I like where your head's at there. The problem is I don't know if our livers can handle it. (laughs) Well, I, I I have mentioned that because it's like, you know, lunchtime uh, nutrition isn't going to be what you guys are telling the kids, <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> no but no. I, I think that would be an amazing weekend or even a week in the summer would be just, I think, phenomenally I think fun. a weekend, I think a weekend would be a blast. Like, especially if we did it up somewhere like uh shoot, can you press pause on the recording here? So well, nobody hears our ideas. Like what if we did something like, uh, like up at Breezy Point, and yeah. like just made like a fishing weekend out of it too. Or he, even if we there went we down go. to our old alma mater, Brian and I, down at St. Mary's, where we're able to somehow like get the one dorm for the weekend, and everybody just literally I'm stay safe. right, right next to uh, the rink. Oh, that, that's a pretty sweet <laughs> rink too down there. Between uh, fiancés, girlfriends, and wives, I don't know if we'd be allowed to. oh they'd be like no you're we wouldn't come back yeah my wife would be like you want to go back down to st mary's for the weekend for what like she'd be like how old are you you're you're 40 years old stop it you know yeah that actually sounds like it would be a blast yeah i i I floated the idea by him he likes it he just he hasn't uh, pulled the trigger so maybe you'll have to push him he needs he needs somebody like me to run with it yeah, and I think because it's my idea, I should just get a complimentary uh, uh, spot. Yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. As long as the money doesn't come out of my pocket, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> right, there, there you go. So, you know, you mentioned working at General Sports, and I got to bring that up because Ryan actually connected me with Tori and not you when I went to start looking for my new Vaughn equipment. But yeah, you kind of helped – play an important role in that when I, I, I haven't gotten them yet. So I, I haven't really told people the, the custom graphic, but you know what it is, 
Oh yeah. When Vaughn came back to Tori, like, no, you know, this is the list he gets to choose from. Yeah. And uh, you kind of went above and went to Ev and they're like, come on. And Ev obviously is like, yeah, we're going to do that. So today it's the 17 week mark since we ordered them. I know they're coming soon because Ev sent me a text last week that uh, Crystal was sewing them up. So, I mean, we're we're literally in any day now mode. So, um, you know, what's it like you know, working with these, cause you don't just work with Vaughn, you work with the different equipment manufacturers. Yeah. What's um, the one thing most people, most goalies don't think of when they're ordering custom goalie equipment outside of the lead time these days. Um, well, the, the most thing that people don't look at is the correct size pad. Mm-hmm. Everyone always sits there and thinks, Oh, I got like, it's okay to go a little bit bigger. Like I'll cover more net. Like mm-hmm. absolutely not. Like Tori and I will never, ever sell somebody a pad that's mm-hmm. too big for them. Yeah. One, because I know from experience, I was wearing 30, 36 plus twos in college. And as soon as I got to pro level and I was working with Scott Murray and Mitch Korn, like you have to play the game with no holes. Mm-hmm. And if your pads are too big, well, you're going to, you have holes everywhere. Yep. And you can't put everything together. And so, you know, really emphasizing to people like, look, who cares if your kid's going to grow? If his pads don't fit right now, why are you spending this kind of money yep. on these pads? I mean, it but does help that you're in Edina and there's a lot of money out there, so they don't care. That's true, too. <laughs> that helps us a lot. Yeah. Know your demographic. That's yeah. <laughs> retail 101. Um, but in terms of the timeline, like, uh, my dad always, my dad always said, you know, over promise and under deliver. Mm-hmm. So sitting there and telling you like, Hey, well, we're probably looking at like 14 to 16 weeks here. Realistically, I'm told like 12 to 14 in a good year. Yeah. And so it's just like, all right, we don't really know. All right. Now that bumps up to like 14 to 16 or like 16 to 18. And then people sit there and go, Oh, holy, holy crap. Yeah. And then that's, that's usually when I turn into a, a douche and tell them, well, it give them a little bit of background on me and who I am and what I've done and tell them like, Hey, like I still wait 12 weeks. Yeah. And I'm, this is technically my seventh year pro sixth full year pro. So we'll call it six. It's my sixth year pro. And I'm, I'm still waiting on my pads and that's, that's normal. I'm not in the NHL. I'm not a yeah. go-to guy. And guess what? When you walk into the store or anybody else, well, Vaughn's not paying you no. <laughs> to wear their equipment in the NHL. So at the end of the day, you're just as important as the next guy walking into the yep. store. And if they were to, tr- if they were to bump everybody up in line that wanted to be bumped up, they wouldn't get any work done. Right. <laughs> so they just, they kind of, they're a small mod pot shop at, uh, at Vaughn and they build such a good pad. And so when people sit there and say, well, I don't want to wait that long. I I'm honest with them. I, I tell them like, look, the reason why they take so long is because they, they do put that tender love and care in yeah. each one of the stitches. It's not um, machine made, it's handmade. Right. And one of the biggest things that, um, you know, Vaughn, tips their cap on is that some years they're the best pad of the world 
but they're never the worst. They're always, they sit right at that really good, high quality level. And some years Bauer comes out and makes a way lighter pad and everyone thinks it's better. Yeah. But Varn, you're always going to get that consistent pad. You're just going to, you're going to wait and you're going to pay for it. I mean, there's a reason my pads have lasted 21 years because they're made so well. And I mean, I'm probably going to feel like I don't even have pads on my legs with the new ones because they're going to be so much lighter, but that's a whole right. other story. Well, and the stiffness, you're going to, no, you're going to feel it because they're going to be way stiffer. Yeah. <laughs> we softened them up a little bit for you, but yeah, there's well, nothing that can match what you're in. I remember trying on a pair of Axis pads at the Let's Play Hockey Expo, and it felt like I had a two by four strapped to my leg compared to what uh-huh. I'm in now. And I mean, that's another reason I went with Wanted. I can get a slightly, you know, softer pad um yeah unfortunately i can't get a glove as big as i have now because i mean they just make them that big but hey what are you gonna do (laughs) i mean if there's any company out there that would make you a little bit bigger one it would be vaughn but i don't even think with how scarce the material is right now nobody's gonna do that for you no (laughs) it's insane but i mean you could still do all that um, the softening up of the pads with your like with your Brian's uh, the, the mm-hmm. Paso pads, um, you can do it with those companies like your your Bauer. You can do it with CCM too. Your Bowers, you're kind of stuck with you know that hard hard pad. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like I mean, I'm I'm such a Vaughn guy. Like it's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I'll sell it, but at the same time, like there's nothing wrong with all the other. As the problem is I'm an old soul. I, if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. I'll be able to get out of the Vaughn pad. But yeah. by the same token, most people don't like to wait that 16, 18 weeks for the pads. And, you know, I, I looked at Bauer. I would have loved to have gone with a custom Bauer digiprint of, you know, to replicate Belfour's, you know, iconic, what I think is iconic Chicago right. pads, you know, with the oh, black yeah. and white. But it's like, I know the durability isn't going to be there and that pad to last me as long as this Vaughn set's going to. Right. And it's yeah. like, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want it to, you know, last me because I'm an old guy. This is the last set I'm going to buy. You know, yeah. if, if this one lasts another 21 years, that means I'm hanging up the pads at 61 years old and skating out. I don't think you're going to last 21 years. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm pretty limber and flexible. As, as long as the uh, back holds out, I should be okay. Yeah, that's you a know? tough one, though. Engage that core. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I, I know my game's going to slow down a little bit. It has already from the college days, but so has the game in front of me in the beer leagues. We're all getting that's older, true. so it, it's okay. <laughs> you know, This is true. This is true. And, you know, unlike you, I'm I'm not playing for the score on the scoreboard. I'm playing for the fact that there's beer in the locker room after the game. Right. Well, I, <laughs> so, still, play, I still play for that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there is that, but uh, you know, the, the wins and losses mean a little more to you guys. Everybody makes yeah. the playoffs in the beer leagues. This and, is true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I want to be mindful of time because I know you got yeah. a uh, therapy appointment to get to. If you yeah. listen to any of the episodes, you know, I, I end with a list of 10 rapid fire questions All and right. I'll try and keep them somewhat rapid for you today. So the so first one is what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, grenading water bottles onto the ice. I've seen coaches try to fight each other in between the halls just anything east danbury trashers have you seen that netflix special yes 
uh, untold crimes and penalties. Basically, mm-hmm. everything you've seen in that minus actually, actually, we had a money laundering um, thing happen with one of the teams I played for. So basically, that documentary, that <laughs> <laughs> only not, not as many broken legs. So but, you're say, saying they didn't take creative liberties with that documentary. <laughs> not really, but the, and it still happens to this day. A lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. which is crazy, minus yeah. the money laundering stuff. Yeah, I, I think that was a fantastic documentary, and the fact that awesome. you know the Galante fellows were like, "Yeah, we're going to talk about this," and yeah, we did that stuff. Like, and, and, oh yeah, and the trainer hiding the uh, opposing team's goalie equipment is like, oh, oh my yeah. god, it's just crazy. Oh, yeah. You did, like they definitely still like mess with the uh, like there's there's times where you don't have hot water and it might be because the Zamboni, you know, yeah, is getting filled up at the same time you're in there, but still like there's times where you walk into the locker room and all of a sudden it's 20 degrees warmer than it was when you walked <laughs> out for warmups. It's just like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> all right. We're going to be this way now. Um, right. So what's your favorite all time goalie mask? Oh, that's a tough one. You know what? I'm going to have to say, um, the first winter classic one that Marc-Andre Fleury wore. It had the uh, the white cage with the dark blue bottom and the baby blue on top with the uh, the circle penguin logo here. Yeah. And yep. I actually did my first ever mask that I painted. I did a wrap uh, replicating that when I was in Cooley. I think that that goes down as my all-time favorite. Okay. I, I like it because it's not one of your typical ones that a lot of people go no, with. No, um, I, I'm not typical. <laughs> no. Uh, if you if you get along with Ryan, no, you're not typical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember sitting in the locker room and some of his stories, it's like, are you like, this had to have happened because you're not just making this random <laughs> stuff up. It's like, yeah. oh no, it's a, like we've we've got some stories. Most of them are off air stories. <laughs> yes, ab- absolutely. It's like they, they made me blush. <laughs> you yeah. know. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, what is your favorite rink that you've played at? Oh, favorite rink. Um, sounds like a cliche, but. Uh, I played in a lot of really cool ones, but I'm going to have to go with uh, the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's, or, um, or Boise, Idaho. Those two top, top it big time. So th- this is one that uh, throws everybody for a loop. What's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Favorite stick? Um, Bauer NXG. Their first, like, not their first composite line, but their first, like, super, super light NXG. And I actually used it all the way up until two years ago. And actually, my stick right now that I have, Warrior, is made after that. So I basically still use it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still a foam core holdout. So one day I'll I'll have to, yeah. So using the the Warriors. I'm at the shop. I, I might have to check them out when I uh, pick up my pads because my warrior is starting to get a little brittle. Um, they're forty uh, percent off, and I'm sure you can uh, talk Tori down a little bit more. Uh, I'll, I'll have to keep that in mind when I uh, <laughs> go up. The, the problem is, I, I like a long paddle. I got a twenty-seven inch paddle because um, Warriors when I, got the twenty-seven and a half. 
Yeah, when I when I first started playing, the first goalie stick uh, I bought that was an association owned was a Titan, and it was a senior level tight. So I got used to you know holding that stick up here high when I was oh, yeah. work. So now I've I just always felt more natural with a tall paddle. Big time. The trend right now is to go with the shorter paddle, but it's like nope. Well, you have to and give me those jump. tall sticks. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah, although I I do want to toy around with uh, cutting a trigger grip into my next paddle. I think that's that's my language. Yeah, that's my language right there. My problem is, I I just hesitate cutting into a stick after I paid that kind of money for it. I, I've used the uh, goalie guru attachment. I like that, but I still like the idea of kind of wrapping that finger around it because. As a fan of Hashik, I, I put that uh, paddle down quite a bit still. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I might have a twig I can let you fiddle around with. Let's see if I can get you one. I'll bring it yeah. to the shop and leave it there for you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So the next question, what's your favorite youth hockey memory? Ooh. I'd have to say playing in um, the Can-Am tournament in um, Lake Placid playing for the Minnesota pride. Remember that crew? That yeah. There? Yeah. Uh, that's gotta be, there's too many youth hockey, but like that's, that always stands out just playing in that arena and mm-hmm. seeing that and experiencing that town is pretty sweet. Yeah. One, one day I'll make it out there. Yeah. Uh, so what's the, the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, in the locker room, directed <laughs> at you, not directed at you. <laughs> oh, there's too many. There's way too many. Um, I mean, like the standard, you're 30 years old and you make $200 a week is funny. Um, but uh, <laughs> we make more than that in the coast, but like it, it still gets thrown out there. I mean, there's calling guys alcoholics is always funny. Um, I guess the best one that I had towards me was in college we uh we were given brother names after a long night of drinking um (laughs) where the where the freshmen usually get handed a little more than everyone else if you know what i'm saying and um they gave us brother names and i'm i'm sitting right now i'm the i've lost a couple weight a couple pounds since my surgery i'm September 30th, but I'm sitting at a soaking wet 188 pounds at 6'3". So I've been a twig my whole life. Yep. And I came into college at 6'3", probably 165. So I was brother Dallas Buyers Club, which I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it's the Matthew McConaughey where he gets AIDS and looks like an alien. Yes. So I went from Dallas Buyers Club to be called twiggy alien man um so like, there's like and you get you get chirps like that every day like yeah. just constant ones that are just like oh my god why am i crying right now of laughter like yeah there's too many the and best, they always come right off the hip best chirps always come from your own teammates too oh yeah and, and they're usually usually super personal which makes them funnier <laughs> big time <laughs> yeah uh, there's there's too many to count and most of them are over the line. So yes. I'm just gonna <laughs> Yeah. The, you know, I, I forget who I was talking to and we were talking about, you know, 
locker room talk and how, you know, that, that became the big topic during a uh, past election. And, you know, what people thought we talked about in the locker room is like, no, all we're trying to do is say the meanest thing to each other, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. You know, make, make somebody cry, not from because their feelings are hurt, but because they're laughing too hard. Exactly. Uh, you know, we're, we're not talking about that kind of stuff. No, uh, <laughs> we're just, we're, just a couple of middle-aged men that don't have anything better to do. Yeah, we're a bunch of <laughs> bunch of twelve-year-olds that get to do grown-up stuff. Exactly. Um, well, hockey's a kid thing too. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the worst post-game beer you've had? Oh shoot! Anything fruity. Yeah. That. Anything fruity. Yeah, and whoever brings that to the game, I mean, they they, they should just have to. Sp- Eight laps yeah. and yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're gonna get picked on. Um, IPAs smack you, yeah. They, like, I'm not a fan of them, like, I'll drink them if they're there and I'll enjoy it. But it's if you if you hand me two of those, I'm Ubering home, yeah, <laughs> after a game. <laughs> well, and for me, I, I've said for a long time, I enjoy a good craft beer, but like a yep. good Coors Light right after a game or a good light perfect. beer like that is the perfect beer because it's darn near water to begin with so it's a perfect refresher when you get off the ice one or two of them then you go to the craft beers yep and they do say that it's actually like not unhealthy to have a beer after a game one because it gives you like a little bit of a jolt and two Mm -hmm. replenishes carbs yeah like that so if you're going to drink a beer best time to do it is after exercise yeah i i was filling in for a team not too long ago and I reminded the team captain that uh, she was the one that offered me a stout before a game. I was like, stout, not even for your goalie, but nobody should be drinking a stout with the 10.5 ABV before the game. No. And it's uh-uh. like, and she's like, yeah, I haven't done that since that game. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I always have them available after, but before games, I, we'll, we'll keep so it to, much. yeah, we'll keep it to the, the, the lower ABV beers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so next question, when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Toe heel. Okay. So you're one of the few goalies going toe heel. Is there a reason why? Yeah. Cleaner finish on the toe. <laughs> you don't have, you don't have, you don't have to cut anything. It looks good. And it flows good. Plus, when you pass a puck off your forehand, it it just goes with the tape. You know what I mean? You're not fighting against the grain. You go, the puck's going with the grain. See, when it's common I talk, sense. When I talked to <laughs> Connor Beaupre, it was the reason that it goes with the tape, not because of the cleaner toe. I just don't tape the toe, so that's not an issue for me. And there I'm you not, go. I'm not very good at playing the puck, so that's not a problem for me either. Those are those are two Edina guys in the same page right there. Yep, exactly. Um, it's funny because Connor and I, we haven't gotten together for drinks yet, but, uh, we've gone back and forth a couple of times to see if he could fill in for me for a game or when we need extra oh, skaters. Yeah. And every time he's like, Oh, I want to, but we got a game at the same time. So yep. it's, it just hasn't worked boys. out. Yeah. It, I mean, it's easy to get four or five texts a week asking me to fill in and unfortunately i get it it annoys me yeah (laughs) like no i'm not coming tonight sorry yeah i i i don't mind it and we've been doing a bunch of work around the house so you know my my evenings it's kind of tough but the the idea is to get all of that done so when the pads get here anytime somebody calls yep i can go yeah i'll be there i'll be right there i'm gonna need those fill-in skates so that i feel comfortable in that new equipment 
Oh yeah. When I step on the ice with my own team. So exactly. Yeah. So the, the next question, there's only two left. What's your favorite number to wear and why? 31. Um, because that's, that's when I truly found, that's the number I was wearing when I truly found my game in pro. It was 39 for a bit. It was 35. And it's always been like that number, like just does well for me. I was 35 in juniors, 35 in college. It was great. Um, then when I went to pro, I picked 47, didn't really work. Um, <laughs> and then when I got to Kansas city and I truly found my pro game, I was wearing 31 and I, I really liked the ring that it had and, and the look with, the, with my name on top of it. So yeah. 31 has been my go-to ever since. Yeah, I was wearing 35 in high school and I, I, I liked it. There was just something, it felt right on my back. You know, yep. you, you feel those numbers. I never liked one because it's just like, there was nothing there. I, I liked 35. Then when I got to St. Mary's, yep. uh, one of the um, upperclassmen had 35. So I just went and got the biggest jersey in the closet and happened to be 39. I was like, same feel, works for me. Uh, and that's been my was number. That, was that guy's since. name Ryan S.? No, it was Fred Hennon, uh, Benilde St. Margaret. Or no, Freddie went to Hill Murray because he played with my brother-in-law, but then he coached at Benilde. Uh, So it was Fred Hennon. And then after he graduated, Eric Richardson had 35. And I I still have the nameplate. uh, S S is one of the reasons I didn't make varsity, but had I played varsity, I was going to be given 35. I I still have the nameplate for my locker had I made it over to the varsity locker room. So... Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I would have had it instead of Ryan, uh, <laughs> but he he stole it from me. <laughs> Standard. Yeah, it sounds like him. Typical, typical ass. Yeah. Um, so, last question: What advice do you have for young goaltenders? Enjoy the grind. Embrace it. I mean, that's a Justin Goldman quote right there. Yeah. Uh, but truly embrace it. Enjoy every second of it, and you. You never know what can happen. Surround yourself with good people, work hard, and good things are going to happen. And you never know when things are going to happen like that right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just just enjoy, enjoy it all. Uh, enjoy everybody you meet. Be a good human and embrace it. Because at the end of the day, you can win as many championships as you want. But the best time in the world is the time that you spend putting in the work and hanging out with the guys and yep. enjoying the camaraderie that is the game. Well, and as King Van Gate points out, all roads lead to the beer leagues. Facts. You know, <laughs> and we all everybody winds up there. Yeah, exactly. I, I love Eddie Lack is, uh, you know, sharing his beer league journey now that he's retired oh, yeah. and playing forward. And it's, it's just, it's great. And I forget That's who it was. Be me. I forget who it was the other day that posted, you know, former NHL or he's like, Truly initiated into the beer leagues, uh, dash seven, uh, you know, like broke a bone and (laughs) lost the game. He's like, welcome to the beer leagues, fellas. It is Uh, what it is. So where can folks find you on social media if they want to follow you? Uh, Instagram, uh, Carlson underscore zero zero three one, I believe is the Instagram handle. I do have Twitter, but I'm not, I, I use more Twitter for just, um, creeping. I don't really, <laughs> I just follow people. I don't tweet and I'm pretty sure my account is like hacked and something tweets out for me, but uh, <laughs> I just, I creep on Twitter and just follow along. But Instagram is 
my go-to. Yep. Perfect. I'll, I'll make sure to get that in the show notes. Adam, I appreciate you taking time uh, Anytime. to talk. You're going to have to work on S for that uh, beer league camp. I, I think that would be yeah. golden. I, I know quite a few goalies that would probably sign up for it. I'd, uh, yeah, we should uh, get Kirschner involved too with that, uh, with that crew. You know, Andy? Uh, I don't think I've met him. Okay. I, th- I thought he was at St. Mary's, but we'll get him going and yeah. S and I will get it. He was for sure. And I will get on S for it. Yeah. We'll he was after me, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I graduated in 03. So I think I was a junior S's freshman year. Um, okay. makes sense. And I think Kirch came right after him. Yeah. 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 Well, an old guy. I, I was the old sage. Uh, it was funny cause I had Donnie. Uh, I'm sure you, you've met Donnie down there at St. Mary's, uh, the sports info director. He was our goalie coach at the time. And I had him on the show mm-hmm. and I said, Donnie, you know, we, we had 26 goalies trying out my freshman year for six spots. It was like, I was not one of the six best goalies. What were you guys thinking? And he, he confirmed what I thought for many years. I was a locker room guy. <laughs> they, they knew, they knew I would play the role of a good locker room guy. And that's what I did oh, yeah. for four years. And uh, one of my buddy's jokes, he said, you had the, the fastest store in the Mayak for four years. <laughs> <laughs> done on oh, that and that's yeah. that's that goes with enjoying the process right like yeah you know sometimes I, that gets you on teams yeah it's and, insane. And I knew what my role was I embraced it did I want to play more did I want to be on varsity absolutely but I embraced it you know I, yeah. I would hide sandwiches in my breezers to take out to the bench to eat during games it's like oh yeah know what your role yeah. is embrace it and you know go with it because the, the team needs that they need that 100 yes they do Well, I know you're on a time crunch, so I'm going to let you go. And again, thank you. I appreciate your time. It was fun talking to Adam and hearing about his journey in hockey. The biggest takeaway is that it's never too late to dedicate yourself to the game. If you have aspirations of playing at higher levels, and it's not the end of the world, if you don't make the A-team or your high school team, just keep working. You just have to want it and outwork your competition. Be sure to find Adam on social media at Carlson underscore 0031 on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on the website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many to list here, but shows like the Between the Whistles podcast, the Grit and Barrett podcast, and the World Hockey Report podcast can be found. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes and listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or DM me on social media. And let's not forget, if you are a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, 
Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.